Let's spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John. With me today are two very special besties of the pod who surprisingly have not been together paired together yet by me. Uh, and one of them is Grammy nominated. It's Sierra Ryan and Lauren Gismondi, everyone. you. Sierra is the one who is Grammy nominated, who I said I would say I would put that in the next time she's on. Yes. Yep. Yep. I am. I'm outed. That's for sure. (laughs) Yay. Grammys. It's for a a CD, the the volume three of a a CD album set called Sondheim Unplugged. And I did a duet with Sarah Rice on it, who is the original Joanna from Sweeney Todd. No big deal. No big deal. But she's a good friend now. And um, and my vocal group, Marquee Five, closes the entire uh album set with our rendition of sunday from sunday in the park with george well yeah. we're not here to do a sondheim though no we should. <laughs> not today not, not today we're going maybe way we're back in time episode. we're going way back to 1935 to talk about top hat screenplay by dwight taylor and alan scott music and lyrics by irving berlin uh, directed by mark sandrich and according to imdb an american dancer comes to Britain and falls for a model whom he initially annoyed, but she mistakes him for his goofy producer. Yes. (laughs) Hilarity ensues. Yes. (laughs) Now, the two of you, around the same time, asked me to do this episode. What attracted you to this movie? Just right off the bat. You want to say that, Lauren, or not? I, oh, I you know. go first. Go, go, go. <laughs> I, you know, I've been I've been doing Gene Kelly musicals up until now. But when you're like, oh, let's branch out into maybe a Fred Astaire, and I was like, well, which one is my favorite Fred Astaire of of all the Fred Astaire Ginger Rogers um, ones? And I hadn't seen Top Hat in a while, and this one to me is is one that I will always say yes to watching. It is a pleasant movie, yeah. I will say. Lauren, what about you? What attracted you to? say top hat ah that's a great question you know john (laughs) no 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 i'm only laughing um because i sent you a list of like old tcm holiday like um sorry oh my gosh i should preface this i'm a little out of my mind today um i sent john a list of the tcm movies and this was just one of the ones that i was like oh i think i remember watching it with my grandmother just throw it on the list and here we are. So I think that this is kind of more um, serendipity than anything for See, me this anyway. Is, this is the one I know because of the cheek to cheek dress. Because mm. yeah, feathers. The, all the feathers flying off. <laughs> that, that, that definitely, that's a, that's an, I don't think it's an urban legend. I think it actually happened. No, it did. You can oh, yeah. clearly see it, see the feathers falling off. Well, but you you know, spoiler alert, the first take they did, imagine like 10 times, 20 times that. And then they (laughs) had to go back and hand sew all the feathers back on. So that was a, hopefully it wasn't like, like a first take and hopefully it was just like a test run of the dress, 
but <laughs> and then cheek to cheek is also used in white christmas yes no no you're no. thinking of um uh da- um Dancing, uh, dancing, dancing, oh, dancing. the best things, only dancing. Yeah, okay, because I very thought, much the same kind of. Feel. Well, it's same composer, but I was like, oh, we're making connections to past episodes with Sierra, blah blah blah. No, no. Nope. Um, so I, I am a little confused. I've seen this movie before, uh, um, which I said I know the cheek to cheek dress, but I don't know what year this is supposed to be. Is this supposed to be in the 30s or is it supposed to be earlier? Any I think ideas? it's modern. I think it's modern. It's 1935. It confused. Yeah, Lauren, sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. You say you go first. I'm, was, I'm patient. I was going to say I was a little confused during the the taxi scene that it's a horse-drawn carriage or horse-drawn ca- a taxi cab. I mean, it's also London, so... I think it's just London. Let's do the most <laughs> London, London thing, you know, and, and make it kind of ridiculous. And they're going to a horse, you know, a, a, a horse riding area. Uh, what, what, I mean, what, what, do you, what do you call those? Like a horse... A Is it, I think it was, it was a riding academy. Yeah. That's okay, what yeah. they said. The sign was for the riding academy inside the park. Right. I have also, a bigger question, not even so much like what year is it? I don't even think we were in London. I don't think we were in Italy. The accents no. were piss poor. Okay. Of course not. Of course no. And then I look, I mean, I know technology is different nowadays, but I looked it up because they said it would, the flight from London to Italy would be seven hours. I was like, what? London to italy that makes wow. no sense yeah maybe it's... they were like hopping from they had to stop and get gas and you know do a little hopping. potentially but they were also on like one one of those planes that like lands in water yeah oh a yeah. puddle jumper yeah yeah That's but i was I'm thinking but still i was like seven hours i can't i couldn't have heard that correctly i don't know I know it's 1935, and again, technology is different because nowadays it's like under two hours from one to the other. But mm-hmm. st- I think planes were a little slower then, too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, also, this I know Lauren is versed in Shakespeare. This felt very like a Shakespearean comedy because of the fact that it's that she doesn't he doesn't say his name to her until like the very end when. Where we we see a convert like in mid conversation, she's just like, "Oh, that's funny. You didn't tell me your name." Ha ha. <laughs> when they're on the boat at the end of the movies, it just felt like Shakespeare, right? Am I my grasping that straw? No, no, no. It's madcap. It it is, which is a Shakespearean like you know, he stole it from some other person in writing his comedies. Like that's what Shakespeare did for all his comedies is he's pretty much stole a bunch of other different ideas from other people and put them all together into one play. So you're not wrong. I would agree. Yeah. This sounds, this feels very comedy of errors, you know, stereotype of like, if someone just said, Hey, my name is blah, 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 by, by the way, then none of them would have the problem. Or if anyone had a cell phone and just called the other person. Or if, uh, would be... what's what's the friend's name? What's the friend's name? Madge. Uh, Madge. Or if Madge <laughs> afterwards was like, oh, how is dancing with Jerry? Yep. 
Yep. Instead, they're playing the pronoun game. Speaking of (laughs) Bates. Oh my God. Using we. Blor. Eric Blor is one of my favorites. I love him so much. Who played Bates? He. It was. I was just like, we're using we. Okay. Yeah. It reminded me of. I th- I'm almost positive Mel Brooks must have seen this movie because mm. it reminded me of the director and his assistant in the producers, the way the two of them were fighting with one another. I thought for <laughs> sure there was another kind of relationship going on. Yes. And- hey, yeah. you know. I, I mean, I was, I was literally just about to ask you all, is Fred Astaire the only straight person in this movie? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, Madge is very lesbian. I could definitely see that. She's just well, like, hey, you want to, you know, you want to play around with my husband? Go ahead, you know. So, like, we have Horace and Bates, and they have lovers quarrel. Yeah. It's not that. It's not a, a a valet to rich person relationship. Like, that's it. And then Bedini. Well, he's it, that's the gay or European thing for him. <laughs> I was gonna say that, like. I was just like Bedini, you, you little little gay fashion designer or stylist. What? No, the, I think he was a designer. I'm yeah. pretty sure he was an actual kept, designer. Yeah, because they kept saying he's the guy who made the dresses. Yeah. Oh right, right, right. But yeah. I don't think I think IMDb the IMDb summary is the only thing that mentions that Dale is a model. I don't think she ever said that. I didn't well, catch the, that. So I think I she's know. a like a lifestyle model because she's. She, her appearances in very high places like hotels and and ballrooms wearing his outfits will cause people to go what is she wearing who is she wearing it'll it'll uh, people will write up about her in all the fashion magazines or all the gossip magazines and so you know they'll be like hey you know this this you know one you know this what's her name again (laughs) I can't really remember what Madge, Dale. No, Dale. You know, Dale was seen at so-and-so ballroom in London wearing a, an amazing dress by the gay Italian. The de- <laughs> <laughs> or Ital- or just European. Just the European mo- Yeah, exactly. So it's it's very much that kind of Cause I know that this is 1935, but I was like, this is so coded in queer culture yeah. or queer like choices made by these actors oh i just realized no dale is an influencer that's what it is oh using modern terms obviously yes Yes, exactly but she was the one who would just walk into it and stun everyone and she was stunning these dresses are the prettiest i've ever seen i think yeah especially the um like i like i said the cheeks cheek one that black one that she wears when she's trying to okay I also don't understand the joke that she was trying to play on him. Which so one? She, the the one in the so when they are in Italy, she goes, she, she's like, "Madge, I'm gonna play a little joke on your husband," thinking it's still Fred Astaire. And so when she goes into the room, she's just like, "Oh, we met last year in Paris." I was like, "I don't understand what this joke is, like, or how you're trying to scare him." Do you remember that, Lauren? Yeah, it happens in London, though. They're not in Italy at that point. I know what you're talking about. No, it's, uh, in, it, it's in Italy. Because oh, clearly, 
It's before right. the din. It's before cheek to cheek. Ah, right. Okay, so fine. Yeah, but I know what you're talking about. No, it's the mentality of, um, oh, you old so and so. Don't you remember me from blah 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 blah? I've heard it before in other plays and things like that, where it's like, oh, don't you remember me? Oh, I'm from this, that, and the other. We met, blah blah blah. It, it is. Is it like gaslighting? Kinda. Essentially, I mean, playful gaslighting. <laughs> We're having fun here because, especially in this case, he turns it on her, and he's like, and oh, he recognizes, yeah. oh yeah, because the last time he was in Paris, he was ten years old. He was ten, <laughs> so so he's like, oh yes, of course. And then she gets, yeah. You know, so it's yeah, that's that the power play there, where it's it's so fascinating. I feel like this should be a play. Hmm, I could see the, it. Just the way of like. Uh, people close doors and, you know, the, uh, there's only scenes where, like, you know, so we find out that he went to Paris by him telling Horace who's in the bath. Don't want to question that. <laughs> and then he closes the door and has that whole scene with her while Horace is off stage somewhere. So I thought, yes. Oh, Lauren's raising her hand. Yes, Lauren. I thought of something. I think that this will help make sense. We're forgetting a key element to basically every, well, a lot of the major players in this particular movie is all of them are in some way involved in theater. True. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because Jerry's an actor who's in London for for, um, Horace's show show that he's producing. And then I just think that that if you're talking about coded queerness, sorry, I'm circling back right now. Um, coded queerness, like it's built in because they're all theater people. True. True. And then when he started talking about that girl that he kissed, I started laughing my ass off because I was like, you're not kissing girls. Right. Exactly. Are you talking because... about Everett? Huh? You're talking about the, the, um, the, the producer? Yes. Played by Everett uh, Edward Everett Horton, who's another one of my favorites. He's always Fred Astaire's friend, agent, manager, butler. He's he, I love him because his delayed reactions to things that are going around him, whether it's Fred Astaire saying something, there is nothing better than a Horton delayed reaction or double take. And He'll just laugh and go, oh, yes, it, what? You know, it's just like this brilliant, brilliant comedy. I, I really like the comedy in this movie because even from Eric Bloor, from from Sinatra, from it's all heightened, but it's all very real. It's all comes mm-hmm. from a very real place. This is like the opposite of the Jerry Lewis fiasco we talked about last time, John. I burned it out of my memory. I'm so however, sorry. However, anyway. however, when we yeah. got to the Piccolino, it did remind me of Enchilada Man. <laughs> So, Lauren, in this movie, Scared Stiff, I don't know if you listened to that episode. What the fuck are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> so there's a, we, Sierra and I did for Hollow, around Halloween, a movie called Scared Stiff with Jerry Lewis and mm. uh, Dean Martin. And there's a song in there called Enchilada Man that Carmen Miranda sings with Jerry and Dean. And it's about enchiladas and they list what, what the ingredients are in enchilada. It's a so we got recipe. So when we got to, I got it. (laughs) So when we in this movie watching the Piccolino, when Ginger Rogers is singing, I'm like, you're just singing words. Like none of this makes any sense. (laughs) 
Can we talk about like, but basically that was like the trying to make, create a dance craze of the time. There was always a song that was like the piccolino or the karaoke or the, which is another Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers song, or, you know, there's, there's always about let, let's sing a song about a dance and let's watch the chorus people dance to and sing the same music that we just mm-hmm. heard the lead sing and then we're going to sing and it's going to be all Busby Berkeley you know and then and then that's it well, and I loved how many different endings to the to the lyrics to rhyme with piccolino like bambino and oh god I, I wrote I wrote a couple of them like yeah scallopino scallopino want uh, take a drink of vino oh my god it also reminded it's me so of an episode Lauren and I did, uh, Girl Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where there was the one Busby Berkeley scene before <laughs> he got fired. Yes. Which cost him the entire production budget. Yes. Yeah, so, but like watching them do the line dance, I don't mm-hmm. know how to, how to define what kind of dance that they did. But the, on, the ensemble dancing, I was just like, this is, like you said, Busby Berkeley. This is very much, yeah. To me, I mean, without all the pomp and circumstance, it it's 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 choreographed for the um for the camera, not for the audience who has tiny little tables like in front of the camera and way in the distance. It's like who's what audience are we performing for? Oh, it's for the camera. That's it. Um. So, I I'm also looking at the IMDb right now and. Seeing the cast list, there's somebody in here that just blew my freaking mind. Which one? Are we talking about the same person? I think we are. Lucille Ball. Fla- yes, oh, yes, yes. The I flower girl. I Yay. didn't clock that because her f- face wasn't really you can't to see camera. her. Yeah, no, she's not, she's like not even in profile. And the only is, reason yep. I caught it was because I was watching it on Amazon Prime and happened to pause it in that moment to just like get up and do something. And oh, then and Amazon the... Prime will pop up with the x-ray of like yep. who's in, who's currently on screen. And I was like, no, wait, no wait. way. Hold on. <laughs> but it's Amazon's also error, 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 Amazon. Wait, no, that is okay. Yep. It's also blonde era Lucille yep. Ball. So that's yeah. why we are all like, oh, but I mean, the movie's in black and white. So we can't really tell. We wouldn't tell who she was anyway with no. the, whatever hair color. Yeah, she wouldn't get, um, as you know, she wouldn't get her red hair until Dewberry was a lady. Right. Yeah. And then that got her her own show. Mm-hmm. Instant. <laughs> We're just basically here talking Dying. about past episodes. Lauren, do you want to talk about... Uh, um, uh, what? happy feet while we're here like can we tie that together with this tapping I mean actually you can but maybe we do that later <laughs> uh well in this movie it has one of my favorite styles of dance which is tap i love tap i don't think i've said it enough on this podcast before <laughs> Lots of wonderful tap in this i always yes uh and tapping is actually pivotal to the story uh, yes dancing on the ceiling and making noise and getting them it's a cute meet through tap dancing because i during no strings i'm fancy free i i wrote down in all caps just take your fucking shoes off idiot <laughs> he's like, american he doesn't know that that's what people do when they enter like somebody's hotel room is like take off your shoes first so. but then yeah. but but then i i 
I actually wrote that when he decided to spill sand all over the place and do a soft shoe. So cute. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I get it that you're dancing. You're you're the dancing man, but like you're not on stage right now. So do you do you want to be dancing? Well, he's <laughs> just doing a little ASMR for her to fall asleep. That's so sweet. <laughs> that's, well, that's why he did this because because then she starts falling asleep and it's lovely. And then everyone starts falling asleep. And then, so he, so through the power of his dancing, he can make people sleep. Yeah. And then he falls asleep. He falls asleep. It's nice. Um, there's not that many songs in this movie. Did but no, classic, but though. that's the thing. But all of them have had a life of their own beyond the movie, and that's yes. frankly, I mean, how many movies have we sat through? collectively right mm-hmm. john obviously more than sierra and i where the songs become are forgettable yeah yes this one has so many it, maybe the piccolino is the one that we kind of toss by the wayside but everything know. else is classic top mm-hmm. hat white tie and tails i that one is one i don't recognize outside of this movie Okay, I've seen it sung with you know in bands, big bands and cabarets and. Well, I'm just lots of those. I'm yeah. just saying my experience. I'm yeah, not no. saying that's not the most well. I agree with you that the Piccolino is probably the one that's like precious for this movie, uh, but yeah. Also, <laughs> speaking of top hat, white tails, and white tie and tails, why does he kill everyone at the end? <laughs> because Fred Astaire had a dream. In which he was doing that, in which he was, he had a chorus of of people and, and he wanted to incorporate that into a movie. And this was the one, I don't know if he did it right before this movie or if he's always had that in his hip pocket, but he had a, he had a dream and this was him in putting it on screen. I knew you would have the, one of you would I... have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, so it's kind of cool. I was like, I, I mean, this is right before world war ii world war ii is happening right before world war ii no this is like right in between the great depression and just as hitler's about to rise in germany 1935 is like that's a cabaret think cabaret yeah yeah. so so we're after world war one and Mm. i was like okay so it's obviously before world war ii but i didn't know if he was making a reference to world war one or something i it's I don't know where my dream. brain went. <laughs> just a dream. Although I did like the usage of the canes in that. Yeah, totally. To play with the tap noise. Mm-hmm. Um, His syncopation, yeah. When he's like hitting the the floor and tapping at the same time in a circle, is it, that's just pure. That's why this, this there's so much iconic moments in Top Hat because it is like kind of every single thing we love about the Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers era all in yes. this one movie. I mean, yeah. And she, listen, I love Ginger Rogers in this movie because there are moments where he's being a man and I'm just, and she like, she, mm, I don't know if if I can say this because I haven't watched enough of like their movies together, but at least in this one, she's like giving great comebacks, like, you know, uh, creative ways to say, leave me the fuck alone, please. Thank you. And I really appreciate her for that because, especially yeah, in 1935, yeah, like he's being the cad kind of character that Sierra and I have had therapy sessions over with Gene <laughs> Kelly. Yes, sure. Uh, but now we're having a John's having a therapy session with the two of you about Fred Astaire being a cad. 
it's it's this it's the type you know it's the cat and mouse it's the it's you know it's the man chases a girl until she catches him kind of thing so but he like beats her down to be like come on we're gonna love me you're gonna love me trust me and you're like okay well i guess we'll go out on a date <laughs> okay i will go out with you on a boat to for you to tell me ever explain to me everything that you couldn't tell me in this, this bedroom. your goddamn name just tell yeah. me your name <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i like about um the the um isn't this a lovely day to be caught in the rain sequence um because it's the, it's the one time that he you know he sings to her he starts dancing and then finally she comes and joins him but does a little kind of parody tap against what he's doing. And I also love that she's in pants. She's in flat, flat shoes. She is his equal. And she has this kind of lovely, if if you watch him sing to her, her face and her suddenly she starts like um, tapping the cane, the, the, the horse whip cane uh, to the beat. And so you kind of watch her be romanced. Like there's no, you, you, you kind of go with her on the journey and then, and then they start dancing as only the two of them can dance together. So I like, I like that fact. This isn't their first movie to get a no by any means. Because they only did like a handful. Like we say Fred and Ginger and it's like part of pop culture and everything, but they only did like what? 10 movies together? Something. (laughs) Only 10. Uh, Their first one was flying down to Rio where they're kind of the second bananas to the romantic leads. Um, well, when you when you really think about like film at this time, they were cranking them out left and right. You know, it would be like they would film a movie in probably like what two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> sure, no production schedules were insane. There wasn't a union, so they were working all the time. Yeah, so I know wow. I say only ten, but like if you think about it, like I'm looking at at Ginger Rogers's uh, IMDb filmography, and she did like what. This is 1935. She did four movies in 1935. Yeah. Tell me another actor who's done four <laughs> movies in in a current year. I'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't even think. Maybe Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> man, uh, and then and two of them are animated movies. But like, yeah, exactly. Scar Joe. Oh no. Oh, that's the first. No. That's the first one that came to my mind. <laughs> um, I don't know where else to go with this. What? Uh, what are some of your topics that you guys want to talk about can we talk about the sets oh my god yes the italian set the outdoor now i know lauren has been to italy have you been to italy sierra Uh, i have i've been to venice and rome and uh having those bleached white gondolas in that pristine water (laughs) you know you're just like is this supposed to be in the inside of a hotel? Like as if it's like kind of Las Vegas version of for the tourist kind of thing? Oh, that's a... Because um... I know the boat eventually goes out into the into the open ocean. So I'm assuming uh, this is mm, kind of at the, the end. The motorboat, you mean? Yeah, the or... motorboat, yeah, disappears out. I don't know. I think this is also supposed to just be Hollywood Italy. Okay, okay. I never got a sense of like whether there's a sky above them or not what do you think lauren i thought it was inside <laughs> how's that feel? just looks you know what it is is it looks so bad it looks so bad 
Well, uh, it looks so bad for like a realism's sake, but when you're like sure. talking about the oh. fantasy that is a 1935 mo movie musical, yes. Sure. I, I was about to say, you, you have to suspend your disbelief to the point of no return. Yep. Yep. I mean, it may really be like, oh, we're, we're here kind of thing. It may look corny and cheesy, but there's also somewhat of a luxness mm. to that Italian, those Italian set pieces. I would say definitely the hotel rooms for sure. They are so oh huge. Gorgeous. Yeah. Well, the bridal suite was just like, oh, wait, there's how many rooms does this have? This is not a suite. This is a small <laughs> mansion. <laughs> <laughs> this is a penthouse apartment. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. what? And that giant and circular bed with the silk on it. I was like, whoa. The bathroom, that... too. Being oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved it. And I also love the, the opening sequence you know when fred astaire is you know dancing on the on the on on his floor um i loved the the grecian details and the fact that i suddenly realized oh that's why everything is very white and very like light colored because they want to have fred astaire and his um and his black in the tux tux to contrast and to stand out so that all the dance moves can be seen like those little details as an adult i'm suddenly like oh that's that's why it's that color or makes that me, shade of gray. It makes me wonder, like, what colors did they use any color, like, in the costumes? Because sometimes no? it comes out different. I, Lauren's shaking her head. Shaking I, I don't really think so. I mean, for majority of the costumes, I would say, are clearly, are, it's... Black, white, gray? I really think so. Yeah, maybe I mean, the only instance the only instance I could see being like that not being the case um, would be um, Ginger's riding outfit. Hmm. Yeah, yes, because sure usually out certain tweeds and certain things. Yeah, exactly. Although usually I do know those like... are like beige, like yeah. beige and brown tone and earth tones and all mm -hmm. that. Right. Yes. I do know though that like the Adams family or the Munsters, one of those sets I've seen, and it's pink in real life when it was pink in real life so i think people played with certain shades of like light colors like pinks or like light yeah, green pale. yeah or didn't like pale or something didn't like lucille ball wear like blue lipstick for i love lucy yeah because if you wore red it would look turn out black so a lot of the times they would they would play with the different, different shades. shades and Can everything you imagine, else like, just want to have a scene partner and you're like you're, you've got blue makeup on okay <laughs> you look you look like a clown and i'm supposed to be in love with you okay oh geez i'd be like you look sick you need to go to the hospital <laughs> yes. get you on some oxygen okay Poor there's lady. something wrong <laughs> so speaking another set piece is the very beginning the very 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 beginning that stupid club <laughs> <laughs> yes the where the the silent club the silent gentleman's oh, club that's right mm -hmm. Yes. Where I was just like, I don't understand. This, this is, I guess, the one percenters, you know, just being like, I want to, I want to lounge with my newspaper and pipe and not talk to anyone. Because even like, you know, some, I think one of the servers like puts a glass down too rough or something like, or makes some Clinks sort of noise. Two glasses together as he put them down. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, uh, why are you reacting to that? That's just, uh, a natural noise now if it's now when uh fred astaire like 
yells or, or talks or something that is a different, you know, that is something that you could be like, you have to be silent, but like ambient noise is the, the word I'm looking for. Right. Right. As opposed to human noise. I don't know. There's the, the I think the, they're setting up a um, Fred Astaire's character because he is sort of a rapscallion. He's an American. He's a tap dancer. He's, you know, but isn't he supposed to be famous? Yeah, in America like, in a, yeah but he's so he's not like an international theater star actor man I like, didn't think so because he said it was his first time abroad yeah he's op- opening uh, except for Paris except for Paris but he was <laughs> right, 10 right. I mean professionally <laughs> yeah like, you know but it's like his first foray into into the West End also what mm-hmm. is that show what is that show <laughs> Nobody knows. No, I have no clue. I didn't catch any of that. I don't think it matters. I know it doesn't matter, but what is that show? (laughs) I love, I I love like classic Hollywood, old Hollywood movies where they are like, "Oh, I'm in a show," and then you just see like one random number that you're like, "I don't understand how this fits fits in." Like you see him in his dressing room, which is also massive, by the way. And he goes. He does. And then he does the uh, top hat, white tie, and tails. And you're like, how does this fit in? Like, what is what is the story of this show? I'm curious. Horace, tell me what your show's about, please. Thank you. Sometimes it's, it wasn't. It was just a review of music, and that's it. Mm. So, um, also in this, uh, <laughs> this. I this is a trope where like the speedy wedding happens. <laughs> do you? Yes. Do you? Yes. Good. You're married. Like I don't. I I know that it's kind of like also a joke. You know, you go to Vegas and you get married right away and all that on a on a whim. But the, when when Ginger Rogers turns to Bedini, is like, "You want to get married? Sure. Let's do it. Let's get married." <laughs> yep. That's the comedy. But we don't see the wedding. Yes, no. Well, I don't that's... Think that... Go ahead. <laughs> well, otherwise the ending would... would the, the, a surprise at the end wouldn't, wouldn't matter. Because Bates... Bates is the one! He's the one, like... Like, actually very Shakespearean character of, like, you know, the servant who kind of weaves himself throughout everything and saves the day in the end because he makes the wedding moot. Because he... Is the master of disguise. Is the master of disguise. Because <laughs> he turned his collar around. Because he turned his collar around. You're I mean, being real kind right now. Yes. I'm just putting that out there. Of course. What? <laughs> you didn't think he was a master of disguise when he was in his bathing costume, swimming while the two ladies were having a luncheon? Yeah. I mean, he was no. such a master of disguise. <laughs> he married two people. With his collar turned around, and they didn't recognize him, like, hours later, just a couple hours later. Can I tell you something as someone who has worked with lots of rich people, and I mean an absurd amount of rich people? I know. Uh Uh-huh. They wouldn't recognize that person several hours later. They wouldn't even even if it was blatantly obvious. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, and that that also assumes that they might notice you in the beginning. And this, I'm going to say uh, no, no, this, they won't. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a hot second. Oh, no, no, gosh, okay. Are Bedini and Dale rich? 
because we said that she's an influencer Mm -hmm. and he seems like he's he's like desperate for to sell his dresses Mm -hmm. so are they rich I would say they're people of society. Uh, There we go. Society, like society people. Yes. Not necessarily, because I'd like to think that wealth comes in a variety of ways. It's not always just monetary wealth we're really talking about. In that case, it's social wealth. People who recognize them when they're out and about. That is a type of wealth. Mm. Yes. Very fair. Whereas poor Bates, nobody recognizes the manservant. I did... (laughs) I did write, Bates is a serial killer, we know. Yeah, probably. And and a quote, I don't know where this came in, but he said, you can't rub a girl with butter. Yes! Yes! Then they were talking about the hornets, like the the stings from a hornet. Oh, the stings from the, you can't rub a girl with butter. (laughs) My my sister got stung by a hornet. Like, whatever. Yeah. There was a lot of really cute moments that i i definitely like wrote down the the quotes from like uh oh i remember the um in uh, when when jerry gets slapped remember and that's like a scandal in public mm-hmm. to get slapped um and then he uh and then horace was like what, she she slapped you for nothing and then he then jerry says something about well, what do you want me to do sell tickets like that wordplay was so cute and and also like Bedini was said said like never again will I allow women to wear my dresses. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> there you go. I just I think I will give them credit for this. The script itself is a kind of flimsy, but the characters are so richly developed. It's very, it's like, very lean. Yeah, yeah, but like I didn't mind. Usually, and John knows this from previous episodes. If a script in a movie or a musical just blows, I can't. It's very hard for me to sit through it. This script was not definitely not great, um, but the characters were so richly developed somehow through this like flimsy ass script that it still worked. Like all the relationships were clearly yeah. established. Everybody clearly had history. And I was in a rare uh, moment of forgiveness able to go, all right, I buy into it. Yeah. Well, that's part of, I mean, I think the story itself is, is, is a little, you know, wobbly in terms of reality based and obviously the comedy of errors kinds of stuff, but, but the, everything really kind of connected script wise and dialogue wise from one moment to the next and callbacks and things like that. And, um, and I also love Madge so much that she's just like, Oh, Lou, I didn't know he was capable of that much activity. Good for Horace. You know, like she, that's the role that I would play. I would totally play Madge because she's just sitting back and going, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm thinking if this is, was turned into a stage show and we use like other Berlin, music what song should madge sing oh wow without stealing from like white christmas or something no steal from anything oh okay. no, no no this is going to mm. be a total trunk show mm. <laughs> or a jukebox Ooh, i don't know how to do well, how this would be defined if it's pre-existing music yeah, but there were 
adding other ones yeah Yeah. so like nice work if you can get it when it was running on Mm. broadway pulled from all the gershwin musicals crazy for you yes crazy for you is the same thing yeah um i don't know berlin that well so i can't put my two cents in she did i feel like did he write hostess with the most to set the ball Mm. i need to look this up please hold yeah, we, we're going to have to... From Call Me Madam? Mm. Yes. Uh, Irving Berlin did write it. Yeah. Yes! Oh, look go. at that! The log hauler COVID brain gets a point. Um, okay. Yeah, that whole character, that whole character from Call Me Madam is Madge, without question. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. know it, but Ethel Merman sang it, so, and I know yeah. Sierra <laughs> yeah, can we could, sing like I Ethel. Can do that. <laughs> we both can sing like Ethel. We can, we can belt that up um because like i honestly feel like if since you know broadway is still or theater is still turning movies into stage productions i mean we already have a skeleton here yeah definitely i mean it's only an hour and 40 minutes so Mm -hmm. like obviously you're gonna beef it up obviously we're gonna add some more songs um give maybe give a little more of a side quest or something. Maybe we see that scene with Horace <laughs> and that girl. I, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I still want the backstory between Horace and Bates. Like, that's all I want. Yeah. I don't yeah. care about Horace and the girl. I want Horace and Bates. <laughs> like, I want them to honestly have their own show. I thought that halfway through. I'm like, they need their own musical. Why am I watching these two? Yeah, they could They could do... Um... A Rosencrantz oh, and Guildenstern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they could do like, that, or they could they could do a the play a simple melody, the the counter melody song from uh, yes. "There's No Business Like Show Business." Yes, yes. musical dream, like, and they could be just kind of in their own little worlds, but like pining for the other, but in their own little, <laughs> little way. I could totally see that. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I wrote down, are they fucking? They're fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. They had. I thought so almost immediately. The way the two of them were talking to each other, I'm like, I have been the third wheel on many, 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 for many of my friends and been just like, yeah, I, I've heard this conversation yeah. before. <laughs> Although they make exactly a huge, goes. they make a huge issue of Horton actually having a dalliance with another woman and she, he's trying to keep that quiet mm-hmm. from Madge, even though Madge wouldn't give a crap. But I'm like, oh, is that really a woman that he's you know doesn't oh. want to keep or is it someone or else? is it Bates or is, or is it, it a master our master of disguise <laughs> based in disguise <laughs> I mean he could have been like Bates put the wig on we're going, the we're going to the zoo <laughs> he does say allow us to introduce ourselves yes I'm yeah. like ah you and your multiple personalities this is yes. gonna be great again yeah. I don't understand the the second person or like the the plural pronouns yeah yeah it's just funny it's just i don't know like that was you know like i know making it making a joke about this i don't know i i know like sometimes i i use like the royal we you know or whatever like we're so happy to see you you know but like he used it throughout so it's weird yeah especially and then it was interesting because, like, in when we first met Bates, he did the the wee thing, and um, uh, uh, what's his name? Fred Astaire even was just like, "What is his deal?" And uh, Edward Everett Horton 
who plays Horus, then use non-binary pronouns for... <laughs> so I was like, oh, this movie is ahead of its time. And then they you then Horace said he, and I went, damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it's just wacky. It's just unique, wacky, and I don't know. I, I, I think it's I think the benefit of this movie is that the romance and and the the, the entertainment is you know heavily on Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, but all the ex, all the extra um, you know, best friends inside, you know, servants carry so much of this in terms of pushing everything forward. You can mm-hmm. laugh, Lauren. It's okay. I thought Don't... you were going to say side piece, and I was really excited. <laughs> no, and it didn't happen. But side like... servants. <laughs> What's the difference? Somebody well, break it down for me. I know. Because then there's that uh, the concierge at the Italian hotel who hears about the the wedding that's going to happen between dale and bedini and i'm like do you not have you have a job sir like what are you doing you know stalking the corners that's gossip (laughs) to to be like there's the wedding we need the room and it's like okay uh, what yeah give up the give up the 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 bridal bridal suite. suite yeah i know but i love that like bedini when he when he uh proposes he he's like there's the whole garden of eden thing about adam because he doesn't know oh yes adam. yes yes and i was like okay that's kind of cool and then and then he's like oh you love this adam oh i am not adam but i'm rich and i'm pretty i am very pretty <laughs> i'm pretty i'm rich and I... so he is rich that give him that okay he does, okay so he, does he, state is he is rich I... I'm sorry, I concede. I thought it was like, well, because the way that he talked about her wearing his dresses and that he wanted people to get his designs, I was like, oh, he's an up and coming, you know, he's starting out. So maybe he's not so rich. Yeah, again, he's still well known. Again, like Lauren said, I mean, we're rich is like varying degrees in high society. Yes. You could be well, rich in like, people knowing who you are or you can be rich financially so he 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 made his he's self-made i would i would say because he's oh yeah made a name for himself through his artistry oh yeah and also i feel like him falling for her is just like a weird side effect of what's happening here because she clearly is fred zoning him the whole time and i feel like he understood that so when he said, why don't you marry me? I'm like, I, where is this coming from, my guy? Like, well, she says that she's sick of having men chase her. She's sick of being chased. And he's like, the only way, and then imagine, he says the only way to kind of put a stop to it is to get yourself a husband. To put a ring on it, mm. yeah. Yeah, they'll leave you alone then, which, uh, not true. Not true, <laughs> as we see with Madge and, and uh exactly not true the madness continues it's just you know it takes you know it evolves yeah so and i Uh, like when eric rhodes who played uh, bedini sang apparently he was like on broadway or did singing professionally as well beyond this and so i was like good on you lovely lovely tenor Mm -hmm. what did he like his voice yeah. For like two seconds. I am Bedini. It reminded me of what is that song? Oh my god. Um Adolfo a little bit. Which one? From, oh, from um, Lend Me a Tenor? Is that Lend Me a Tenor? No, oh. not Lend Me a Tenor. Oh God, this is so pathetic. Um, I could see the poster in my head of this. It's a musical. 
Yeah, it was like, I am a dolphin. <laughs> oh, the drowsy chaperone. Drowsy there chaperone. There you go. I got there eventually. <laughs> yeah, it was like, Bedini, you're a nice fellow. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah, the vainness of Italian men. There it is. <laughs> I know this. I know these. <laughs> you want to know what? Honest to God, he reminded me of my cousin Nicholas and my cousin Michael, who I just was with last weekend. And I, it's all I thought. I'm like, this is the shit my cousins do. Oh they stand God. in the mirror and they praise themselves. It's. I'm like, you know, it is. They whip out a sword every once in a while, and, and my cousin people. Nick would. My oh, cousin yeah. Michael, not so much. He's more of a, a pacifist, but Nicholas absolutely probably would. <laughs> For the woman, the, the keys. For the man, the sword. Because those like, little moments are so funny to me. I just it's it's funny because he comes out of nowhere with a sword, and then we justify him having swords. And you're like, what? <laughs> and then he has a cold at the end, and he he's like trying to threaten them with a cold, and it's really cute. <laughs> oh, he sneezes. First form of biological warfare. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into strap and front flat flat i um, can say words no i just really want every single thing that ginger rogers was wearing every single thing her robe she's wearing my wedding dress my imaginary wearing dress i'm like she is wearing my wedding dress which that one? one the, the one white later. one with the sequins yeah at the end at the very end yeah, that's. I also really like the black, the one where she's trying. Oh to my god! Yeah, the friggin' it. They look like negligee. I'm like, is this really a dress, or are you getting ready to do something else? I'm very confused. I like yeah. it. I well, it it's also like the billowy sleeves and the yeah. the sheer black. I was like, oh, get it. I feel like that one did have some color to it, and it only in like the ribbon around the neckline. Cause that was that's a shade of gray that I feel like that's the the camera mm, or the black and white film yeah. doing its magic, not necessarily the costume person doing its magic. Yeah. Who who actually did the dresses? Because usually it's like Irene or someone who always comes in to do these. No, there's there's a costume uh, uh, costume designer called Irene who is practically in every single Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers. Is that is that her for this one? Uh, Bernard Newman. Bernard Newman. did the gowns. The gowns. Yes, Bernard Newman. Um, did uh, was did the gowns for Swing Time as well, and um, he was the uh, and you can't take it with you. He dressed yes! Miss Arthur. Yes, I'm like I know this name. Why do I know this name? It's because you can't take it with you. Um, he also, he also did, um, Roberta was his first one that he did in 1935. Again, in 1935. Roberta is about a fashion, if I, it's about a fashion lineup. It's like, it's like about fashion. They, They actually have a, a walkway and, and people wandering through. Well, it's another musical, everyone. So you want to hey. do? It? <laughs> is that the one with um with with uh, who's is it? Jimmy Stewart? No. It's another Fred and Ginger movie. It's another. Fred- oh, that's right. With huh. Irene Dunn. Irene Dunn. That's what I was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We have so many Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movies to catch up on. We've just scratched the surface on it. <laughs> Literally. 
Um, all right, let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Sure. All right, let's do it. Sharp Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, I thought it could change. It's flat. I only have one flat in the for this whole thing. And it's for men, except for Bates. <laughs> the end. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, not uh, oh, it's just that. Okay, cool. It, that's it. That's it. Because all of them suck. That's it. <laughs> they true well, in their in their own unique a, way. There was a moment too with Bates and the cop at the end, and I was like, this is going on for a little too long, but like it's it's warranted. So I yeah, almost ta- flattered that. But. The Italian officer, his name was the actor's name was Nick Thompson. Very Italian and very, ta- but they, it was for a joke because he was saying he was like making it like, oh, I'm an Italian officer, and then you know, Bates was like, oh, insulting him to his face because he didn't think he had spoke English, and then yeah, that was a weird caught. moment. That was a weird moment because he was like, I've been holding this in for forever, you rapscallion or whatever he yeah, calls exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, what? <laughs> What does any of this have to do with your past? Apparently he had to be arrested somehow. Yes. Um, Lauren, flats, go. Got any? Hold on. I wrote things down. <gasps> I'm so happy. I know. I did the words. I put words together. Okay. Um, I The things that made me go, huh? Why? Uh, were the accents being all over the place? I didn't know where anybody was from. Even the people who were supposed to be British, I'm like, I'm not really sure this is a British accent as I know it or have ever heard it before. Um, I already talked about the script needing help. Oh, oh, this was sad. I was like, why did they leave the horse out in the rain? Oh, um, yeah, I noticed that. Both I was horses. like, why is the horse just standing? It's like both of them. I'm like, why are they just... Like this is a riding academy. You couldn't have put them away. Found, like, found it like some type of shelter. No, rude, bad, and sorry. Because horses can't tap dance in gazebos. No, I don't know if they could. I mean, this isn't like Mister Ed or anything. <laughs> we weren't ready for it. Yes, that'll be it, for that'll be the stage musical that we're putting together. They'll be tap dancing horses. Uh, well, I mean, if you neither of you or did this episode with me, but if you saw hair. Clearly, the horses can dance, so. (laughs) Yes. Any other flats, Lauren, or was that just it? No, that was it. Okay, Sierra, your turn. Um, Gosh, I don't know. I wrote down only things that that I adored because I just, I just loved it. (laughs) I mean, I know. For, for, I, I I know the script is weak, but for a weak script, it's a pretty solid movie. Like, I, I do agree with you, Lauren, that the script is weak. And Sierra as well, who, who we, we've had that discussion. But, like, there's nothing really that bad about it. And I only wrote down men because, like, men are always yeah. awful. I, I, w- I, would, I would say, you know, there's always, like, is a script strong enough so you can hang characters and dance numbers and sets and costumes and eye candy and jokes, you know, uh, to it without it wandering or falling apart at certain points and having to be put back together again just for the ending you know that that kind that that's where i feel like especially when it comes to like the last quarter or third of the movie like does it all hang together by the end 
And I, you know, I think the only, the only time I was just kind of like, I tuned out was when, as much as I liked it, as uh, the, the chorus people started dancing to the Piccolino at the end. And then yeah. finally the feet of Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire come again to the, come in again to the camera and save the day. But I was just like, oh, I can check Facebook during the song. You know? <laughs> like, but I also liked that it was the only song that Ginger sang on. Everything else was Fred Astaire. And so I was like, oh, okay, give Does her a song. Does she sing a lot in her other movies? Do we? Do you know either of you? She sings, she sings a, a fair amount, but usually Fred got the romantic song. Well, of course. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not it's not just enough that she has to do everything backwards and in high heels. It's that he has to be the one who sings. Yeah. Well, here's how I feel. She is a good singer. He's a great singer. Yeah. And okay. at the end of the day, frankly, when it comes to capitalism... They're going to be selling vinyls. Yeah, people are going to be more likely to buy it if Fred Astaire is the one who's featured. Yeah, didn't Cole Porter say that Fred Astaire was his favorite singer? Because he doesn't I have think so. he doesn't have you know this wonderful rich voice, but his phrasing and his honesty and he lets the lyrics just sit there and be communicated so simply. And that's I think that's why composers really loved hearing that and why he actually had albums to, to to sell ginger yeah. ginger saying sort of like high uh up tempo kind of fun so pick yourself up dust yourself off start all over again okay. you know those kinds mm-hmm. of um high things and there's actually a song uh, in another movie which we will eventually do and i can't remember what it is but she has to dance and sing and she starts kind of like she starts burping or having some digestive problems in the middle of it as the character, and she's oh, okay. very and and it's it's is a whole plot element um, to that one. I can't remember what's it's like either carefree or some other or shall we dance or something like that. Uh, yeah. And speaking of Ginger Rogers, and uh, as a nice segue into Sharps, uh, she is my first Sharp. Yay. There's just something so about her. Like I know that this is a Fred Astaire movie, and Fred Astaire's is the name she's also a name not to say not to like downplay her but like that camera loves her mm-hmm. like i was watching her more than him when they paired together mm-hmm. i feel like she was a model ginger rogers not the character but like ginger rogers could have been a model of the day um she's just so, she came up she's so beautiful uh i also am sharpening tap except for the first song because he's being because the reasoning for the tap dancing in the first song, I don't like it, but I do like the tap. How about that? Yes. Um, I I also sharp the set design. Um, and then my last sharp is for Ginger's cheek to cheek dress, even though all those feathers fell off of it. It's stunning. It's the it's the wrong dress for this kind kind of movie. That's that's for a scene where you, she's standing still. <laughs> I just want to know if she got sweaty, like whether the feathers would be like under under the pits. I bet you we could probably find some behind the scenes photographs because some stuff has recently resurfaced from uh, archival uh, places. I'm sorry, sorry, words are very tricky with me today. Um, Where they we probably would have the opportunity to see, like, hey, this is what was going on behind the scenes. I'll do a little light digging and see what okay. I can come up with. Follow up. Oh, I'm reading this 
fact on the the top head IMDb trivia is mm -hmm. that uh, Fred and Ginger frequently denied any major rivalry between them uh, because so much of the praise and attention and quality of the pictures have been focused on him. She was quick to point out that she had plenty of input into the dance routines and was known as the button finder, a showbiz term for the person who can come up with just the right uh, with just the right last word or finishing touch on a scene or number. So right. that makes sense that a lot of her her arguments are or like her digs at him are funnier than his like responses to her. Because yeah. I was laughing more with her than mm -hmm. his jokes. We're we're following her journey as as all the insanity is going around her. Yes, <laughs> she's a react and her her reactions to things. Like I said, I just I love her. She just has this tiny little smile, and you're like, oh, okay, she's not offended. She's just kind of entertained by this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I also Fred Astaire didn't care for the big finale production number, the Piccolino, so he handed singing duties on it over to Ginger Rogers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh -huh. that's how that uh -huh. happened okay you get all the rhymes you just get to spurt those rhymes out come uh, to the casino lauren what are your sharps uh, yeah, 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 yeah. uh bates and hardwick we already discussed this i want them to have their own show their own like show i would watch it um what i found really cool and interesting was watching fred astaire walk this is going to sound, but like he almost, even when he's walking, he's still kind of dancing. Mm. Like he assumes like a dancer's posture and stuff like that, mm. which I thought was really cool to watch. Like in, like in the scene work. Uh, what else did I say? Oh, I liked the soft chewing later on with like, and I know you didn't like the dance number itself or the context, the context, sorry, the context yeah. of the dance number. Um, during Fancy Free, but I thought the soft shoe was great because I think often, you know, to be historical for a hot second, it's easy to forget how, like, or like where things originate and how things came to be. And soft shoeing came first before tap dancing. Well, like, you know, we had the metal on the base of our shoe, of the shoes for that. So I thought that was really kind of a nice touch, personally. Uh, any other sharps? Oh, there was one more. And of course, I put my phone down, which has all my notes. Oh, oh, yes. I, <laughs> I wrote Fred Astaire walked so Gene Kelly could run. That was my <laughs> final sharp. I mean, totally different styles of dancing. And but I'm like, but they have so much in common. And I also think Fred Astaire met with um, Debbie Reynolds while she was doing singing in the rain and was and coaching her, her yes. because of how grueling those rehearsals were with Gene Kelly. So zip, had, zap, zop. I love it. <laughs> I went on a whole soapbox with that. Sierra I'm and sure I have talked did. a lot about behind the scenes, Gene Kelly. I took him, I took him through to <laughs> yes, the other side yes. of the river on that one. Yes. And especially, it's, okay. in, it's all right. Especially in the pirate with the tight shorts. Right, mm. right, right. I mean, I've conversed with his wife once, so I, it's like I'm so it's all fascinating to me. Gene right? Kelly's? Yeah. She's nice. on Facebook. What? <laughs> <laughs> she runs the Gene Kelly Facebook page. Yeah, I follow that too. She's yeah. 
should I get her on everyone? Should I? I don't see why not. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, talking to somebody like Dee Bartlett or like somebody like that. Somebody who really knows, knows. Send me the, send me the link. Send me the link. I'll, I'll get her. I'll talk to her. Um, by the way, Lauren, um, while whilst reading the top hat trivia during the episode, because good job on me, um, the the Piccolino dress, your favorite dress, is uh, on display at the Smithsonian's National <gasps> Museum of American History. Well, John, you and I are overdue for a trip to we DC. We gotta go DC. Go visit our, all Here, our friends come? down there. Yeah, yeah I will come, totally go. Want to come to DC and bother all our friends who like sing in the Navy and the Air Force? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh and this how is, This movie is also where Fred Astaire met. Berlin. I thought it was prior to this, but hmm. and they Maybe became not. lifelong friends. Aww. Aww. Uh Sierra, what are your sharps? Well, I, I once again Helen Broderick, who played Madge, I she was just she was kind of reminded me a little bit about Fanny Bryce with her like wide-eyed expressions. But I think she played the just the epitome of the of of the comedic but slightly more more um stand up kind of or or uh what's it called the the it's the, the comic and the straight man straight man but she kind of had the had these wonderful one liners and i just loved her deadpan and i think she she kind of she kind of was able to comment about the insanity that was around her and and let the audience kind of have a, that sense of relief um, but her name was Helen Broderick, and I don't know what else she's done, but um, but I love her. Um, I loved the 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 first dance that that Fred Astaire and and Ginger have when they're just equals, and I think they shake on it at the end, like they have the the ending is a shake, is a handshake, and those Aww. kinds of like little tiny little things that are kind of subconscious, perhaps for even a you know an audience in the nineteen in nineteen thirty five. But it kind of equalized everything, and then things happen, slaps happen to kind of up the ante of the of the comedy of of errors. But it like the baseline of would they actually be in love together is kind of established in that one song, and it's just so beautifully done. And I think Hermes Pan was actually in uh, a, a choreographer of this because he did he was he was one of Fosse's future Fosse uh, dancer and co choreographer. I'm sorry. So, what was the name? Hermes Pan, P A N. Oh, I know that name. Yeah, he was like he's actually a dancer in uh, Kiss Me Kate. He's one of the three dancers in Kiss Me Kate, and yes. he later on do stuff with. He with... choreographed Kiss Me Kate the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With that had Fosse in it, and yeah. that little, little touch of Fosse. He also he also did My Fair Lady Lauren. <laughs> she just gave the camera. You didn't see her look. <laughs> I'm still traumatized from that episode. I haven't quite recovered. Mostly because, oh yeah, John doesn't know. Um, yeah, so it. I got. I had a conversation with somebody else from high school who listened to that episode, who co- further corroborated all the stuff that we had discussed, and I was, and it made me feel better and worse at the exact same time. <laughs> Whoever this person is, they didn't reach out to me. I'll say that. That's nobody, okay. Nobody talks to me. Oh, here we go. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> um, boy. Oh, a connection no. to every episode now. Top hat. <laughs> uh, any well, other a lot sh- of these people, you know, we're all working with each other for really long. It's not that much has changed in Hollywood, really, when you think about it. Hmm. 
but a lot of these people, once you've got your friends, it's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to bring as many people as I like to work with on a project. Yeah. Whether, you know, they're the, they're the best person for the job is irrelevant, frankly. And then there you go. Yeah. I, I'll two other things mm -hmm. that I wrote down for the, uh, for the first, the, the no strings. Did it sound like they were recording live sound? As it sounded to, live. As opposed he sounded to live. sync. Yeah. Because I think for sure. Yes. Yeah. I was like, this is unique. Because either that was the way it was done early on. And then they started lip syncing and, you know, doing tap dance on top of their, you know, syncing. But I, I was, I was, I wrote that down. I was like, whoa, are they, are they live doing it? Well, um, he, he said his singing sounded live. I can't speak about his tapping or dancing. Maybe the sand moment was recorded live. Yeah, it sounded um, it all sounded so. pretty live. Yeah, um, which is often unique in that in that sense. And the other one is I wrote down they actually use the term designing women. Yes, for the first time that I've ever heard it beyond the television oh, the show from the, from the eighties <laughs> or whatever. Yes, one of my favorite favorite television shows too <laughs> but i never heard the term and designing women is a negative it's a it's a term that means some scheming woman who's trying to get at a rich man at or uh... something like that or, or trying to trying to work their way into a society or or something yeah. for their own benefit and i've never heard that term actually used in the wild so that was um, that was fun also lauren while i was wow. also looking at the imdb trivia and you must be a witch or something because this apparently is Mel Brooks's favorite movie. Oh, yes. Two for the long haul of COVID brain. We're doing so good today. And it's my day off. So I'm doing great. I am so happy. How funny is that? Yeah, it's in the IMDb trivia. So again, grain of salt, everyone. But like, it makes sense. Yeah. Because when, when you put it into context for... The producers, I was like, oh, right. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm going to be the great grand duchess Anastasia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't go anywhere without your wig. <laughs> it's very vaudeville in that sense, which is yes. definitely like yes. the Jewish vaudeville uh, sense of all these little mini scenes that happen and 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 the comedy that ensues. But at least mm -hmm. this is like strung together night in a, in a decent way. Yes, yes. And and to pat myself on the back, this is the fourth of ten dancing partnerships between Fred and Ginger. Okay. So I was right with the ten. Yes, I knew yeah. it. Well, because you we say Fred and Ginger, and it's synonymous that you feel like they've done like hundreds of movies or, you know, more like 50 movies or whatever, because they kept, like I said, they kept cranking these out. And I mean, they're not original. Like, no. <laughs> this is barely a movie or barely a story. Well did they have some type of a falling out am i remembering correctly no. that was part of the reason they stopped making movies together i don't think either of them retired i think something happened that's i just I don't have to remember say, i know the last the movie they did was was the barclays of broadway but that was touted as fred astaire and ginger back together again because it was about about a wedding cup wedded couple that were being put together after many years so it's like a 10-year mm -hmm difference if barclays and broadway was in the 40s i think it must have been yeah it must have been after the second world war so something did happen then where they were it also might have been so hey let's let's go and find other you know mm -hmm. dance partners you know 
that kind of thing. I'm trying to look. Or maybe Ginger wanted a family or something like that, and she couldn't do it because... Because nah. <laughs> <laughs> work, hello. Because work. And, yeah. I'm like, you can't, you can't, you can't go be out a mother and, and a dancer at the same time. I was, yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, it's got to be, I imagine it would be really, really difficult to be, to try and meet somebody when you're pumped, when you're like popping out four or five movies a year. <laughs> Not four or five kids a year, four or five, five movies. Movies a year. But some people would say one is harder than the other. I will not say which. Yeah. That that is something I mean, to look up. I'm sure there's books written on the subject. I, I feel like I'm not I'm reading her trivia page like on IMDB. I'm not really finding anything. Hmm. It seems like they respected each other. Maybe it was just time. We've, we've done nine of these and we kind of we kind of put all those tropes of fred astaire ginger rogers like how many times can fred chase ginger and how many times can you know like all those different things that we know were their thing i mean like maybe she also just wanted to like leave like or like do try other works you know try a serious drama or something like there's so many variables that you could put together um but yeah, what did you say was the last one that they did together? The Barclays of Broadway. Which happened in 1949. 49, okay, yeah. So and then from crazy. there, like she did, she was working in, until, the la- the last thing that she has is in 1987, she did an episode of Hotel. Yeah, so. Maybe they did television. And obviously Fred did, you know, Easter Parade and Finian's Rainbow and Bandwagon and which, by the way, we should do Finian. We should do Easter Parade, everyone, because apparently there's a reference to this movie in that one. Oh, <laughs> think about that. Yeah. Um, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? I've sung Cheek to Cheek many I times. I put down Cheek to Cheek. Yeah, that's the one. I wouldn't do Top Hat, White Tie, and Tails unless I was actually wearing it, because it's not gender specific kind of things, but. Yeah. What about you, Lauren? Uh, I really like uh, Fancy Free. Mm. I feel like, especially as a single person on the prowl in my 30s, <laughs> it's extra pertinent. It's extra pertinent to how my life is right I mean, now. One of my notes for that one is, I think Miley Cyrus sang these sentiments better. <laughs> she kind of, I mean... We do I have some really wonderful. We have some wonderful modern day pop, like poets in our midst. That is for sure. <laughs> for sure. From the great, I mean, listen, I've been quoting Britney Spears my entire life. I quote Alanis so Morissette all the time. Yeah. You live, I, you learn. I quote uh, Irving Berlin all the time. <laughs> there you go. And Huey Lewis. So, yeah. <laughs> And on that note, we're done with the episode. We did Aww. it. We did Top Hat, everyone. Our, I think this is my first foray into a Fred Astaire movie. Ooh, I don't know. Almost 300 episodes in, I don't remember. You haven't done Easter Parade? I haven't. You haven't done Bandwagon? Not yet. <gasps> oh no. my god. Your I was waiting brain... for either of you. I know. Your brain <laughs> is going to explode at certain sequences in Bandwagon. I'm just saying. Okay. Woo. Uh... Lauren Sierra, what do you have to plug or promote? Uh, Sierra first. Okay. Uh, you can find me on the internets on Sierra Ryan, R E I N. 
dot uh, com and all that. And um, nowadays, unless something is uh, bubbling under and I can't say anything for for contract reasons, I am footloose and fancy free oh. <laughs> at the moment. But you can, if if hopefully we'll uh, have uh, maybe restarted um, my Marky Five show, eight track throwback. We might have plans. Uh, in the spring for that so keep an eye out have y'all done has marky five done like an irving berlin medley retrospective something we've added a i think a couple of songs of his in our like broadway show or our swing show we might have thrown that got it in there um and you know finally the the grammy awards are february 4th so cross your fingers eyes and toes who knows Uh, i like that rhyme yeah. Lauren, what do you what do you have to plug or promote? Ah, let's see. Well, by the by the time this is released, I will be in the second half of um, a run of a family musical that I'm doing in Garden City, Long Island. Um, and I haven't performed on Long Island since we were teenagers, which mm-hmm. is kind of wild to think about. Um, mm-hmm. it's called, which is called Frederick the Musical. Real cute about a bunch of little field mice who are trying to collect uh, all the food and supplies they need to get through the winter. And Frederick, um, how do I, Frederick uh, is the outlier is how I'm going to describe it. Chaos. And who are you playing? I'm playing Nelly, little Nelly, who is um, like much like myself, suffering from generalized anxiety disorder. <laughs> and uh, the only one who's desperate to like for everybody else to get it together. Like we have to get everything together or else we're going to die kind of super high stakes. Now, what sort of work did you have to do in order to become a field mice? You know, get into the mind of one. <laughs> what is your actor's secret to being a field mice my actress secret to being a mouse yes uh well first sometimes i don't leave my room so it's a kind of a small little space um i really like cheese although that's been i've been informed by my other castmates that that's a stereotype can't say that Uh, bigotry against mice Mice eat more than just There's... cheese. Apparently, we eat nuts and berries and seed and corn. I'm like, well, I like all those things, so that's that's good. Uh, that's always a good place to start. Oh, and liking warm, cozy things, mm. warm, snuggly things, because you want to snuggle up with your buddies who are also warm and fuzzy, especially in winter time. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, you can catch that uh, at the Long Island Children's Museum if you so desire. We're doing uh, the first leg of the run is uh, starting from the, oh God, from Thanksgiving weekend through the end of the year. And then we're picking up again um, in February and potentially over the summer again. That's the way this theater company works is they just like rotate through shows. Which oh, that's is awesome. Cool. That's nice. Nice little rep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than uh, that, I don't think there's anything else to report. And if you know the answer to whether Bates and Horace were in a relationship or not, I mean, yes, they were. But if you have any more insider detail about it, I'd love to hear about it. You can email me at buttasongpod at gmail.com. Also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttasongpod. Um, or do you know why Fred and Ginger stopped doing movies together? I'm pretty sure it has something to do with money. But if you yeah. if you want to save me an hour of Google Googling, you can tell me. 
thank you. And if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, well, it's going to be a little less conversation because we're going to be talking about Elvis. See what I did there, everyone? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, jeez. That took me a second. And you know what? Now I'm flashing back to that stupid Elvis poster in high school office. Why are we here, John? Why are you doing this to me? I'm sorry. Welcome to my nightmare. <laughs> uh, Sierra, Lauren, thank you so much for popping by together. Uh, we should do it again sometime, shall we? Let's 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 do one another Fred Astaire because I think that's that's a it's in our wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Everyone, thank you for listening, and bye for now. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. <laughs>